You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and this is the first Laid On Me episode of 2022, and I'm here with Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, it's just us in the studio today, uh, because today's topic is something that we're not super familiar with. We're both fans of this program, uh, but we just don't know enough about it to uh, host an entire Laid On Me so we had to have some special guests uh, come to the studio with us today, and uh, they're the experts, so we're super excited to have them here today. So we're going to start with our guest host today. Uh, you may have heard her on the Game of Death episode that she hosted, and uh, that is Amanda Zarr coming to us from Los Angeles. How are you, Amanda? I am so well. I am also the Oscar champion for this year. Oh, that's true. You are, And she- we'll, we'll barely hold that title for maybe a couple of more months. We'll have to do a, another round of that. Just you have to, you know, hold your throne. Absolutely not. <laughs> that was a hard. I have to. I have to be the. You know, like how Miss America, the winner from the year before, just presents the sash. That will be me. And you'll come out with um, with the accountants uh, and the the handcuffed. <laughs> yes, suitcases. that's right. I will. I have been handcuffed to this suitcase for a year, so I'm hoping you guys do an Oscar episode again because my wrist hurts. And I don't even think you were expecting Ernst and Young, the actual people named Ernst and Young, to come and be handcuffed to you. No, and they require a lot of chips, and I can't buy that many more. I didn't realize somebody consumed that many sun chips in one sitting, but it's what it is, and I'm really appreciative of the honor. Oh, well, we're, we're happy that uh, you joined us for that. And for today's uh, episode, we're, we're going to be talking about Golden Girls. And uh, for every, anyone who's listening, uh, we're actually recording this on January 14th a few days away from uh, Betty White's birthday on the 17th. She unfortunately passed away right before 2022. And I know uh, people were excited for her to reach 100 years old, but I always like to think that she had many, many leap years uh, over her long lifetime and it more than made up for the number of days that she missed to hit 100. So, um, Oh, very clever. Yes. Yeah, so I like that actually. That warms my heart a bit. So she reached it uh, and we're happy about it. And her birthday's on the 17th. Uh, so we wanted to do this episode to celebrate her and also Golden Girls because it's a beloved show. And Jeff and I, before the recording, we're talking about uh, a neighborhood right next to us, uh, you know, five minutes away, Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, where Betty White was yep, from. the hometown of Betty White, and they're going to be doing a little bit of a celebration in a couple of days here to uh, celebrate her life and legacy. And uh, 
We had the Golden Girls episode on the docket for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not get around to it, unfortunately, beforehand, but thought it might be a nice time to do this in honor. Yeah, yeah, and we're uh, hoping to uh, enjoy the festivities over there. But, uh, Amanda, you're going to be hosting today's game, so why don't you tell us about uh, where your fandom started and um, you know maybe favorite episode, moment, anything you'd like to tell us about uh, Golden Girls. Sure. Um, I'm so excited. I love this show. Um, the, the writing on this show, I think, is impeccable. And that's what really keeps drawing me back to it. So I was so excited when it finally, I believe, made it way to uh, streaming so that I could kind of rewatch it and enjoy it. And there's always that fear that you're like, is it going to still hold up? And then it just freaking does every time. And I think that can be rare, especially with sitcom. Uh, because they're able to like land things on that show that are of the moment. And I really appreciated how the show dealt with a lot of issues way before people were talking about them, especially with the LGBTQ plus community um, with racism. Uh, They really like hit some things like head on and embarrassed kind of the main characters for their, their, you know, their beliefs. And, and it led to like, cathartic change on something that was that funny. And I just always found that really, really moving. And um, yeah, it's just a show that I can always return to that will always lift my spirits. Yeah. And I think like you hit the nail on the head there, the writing is so fantastic on the show. I know a lot of professional writers who always look uh, to that show as being, you know, one of the top um, shows of all time when it comes to screenwriting and uh, just joke craft. And uh, one thing, maybe I was talking to our guest that will, um, talk to here in just one minute, but uh, there was a video going around the internet of a moment when um, Rose was talking about Herring, and everyone was saying, oh, this this uh, am- amazing scene was all improv, but the script coordinator said the whole scene was completely written uh, down to the, you know, the different inflections and whatnot, and that's how good the writing was on the show. You thought it was improv, but it was all written, so testament to the great writers of that show and the performers who said their words. Um, and let, yeah. let's, uh, let's introduce our guests. Uh, if you don't remember, this is a late Ami, so that means there's only one contestant um, who is stepping up to, uh, I guess, what would you say, Jeff? Put their, not their life on the line. like Pride their, on the line. Pride on the line, thank you. Not their life on the line. The, no Putting their cheesecake on the table. <laughs> the cheesecake on the table, yeah. So, uh, if yeah, you've this seen... show is much more low stakes than life on the line. So. Yes, so if you've seen Collateral, someone said they knew everything they, there is to know about Miles Davis. Uh, and we have someone here who uh, said that they know everything there is to know about Golden Girls, and uh, let's introduce uh, a uh, previous guest uh, coming to us from Orange County, and that is Jen. How are you, Jen? Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks for being a friend, guys. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. And, Appreciate uh, that. Our <laughs> listeners can't see this, but you're wearing a pretty epic shirt. Uh, could you describe what's on your shirt? Yes, it is uh, the four Golden Girls that are all uh, kind of surrounding a giant full moon. It's uh, quite magical looking, and I love it. Yeah, and for those those at home listening, it's sort of like one of those really... I say, if you've been on the internet and seen one of those howling wolf yes. t-shirts, it's very reminiscent yes. of that style. Yes, none of the 100. Golden Girls are howling, but it's a very amazing shirt. Yes. Uh, well, Jen, I'm tell us a little bit uh, about yourself for, for people who don't remember on you on the previous episode you're on, and also uh, where your Golden Girls fandom started, and anything else you'd like to say about Golden Girls? Yes. Golden Girls. Well, yeah, my name's Jen. I live in Orange County, so I'm a neighbor to you, Amanda. Hello. Um, Favorite episode of Golden Girls has to be A Little Romance. It's the first season where Rose dates uh, (laughs) a uh, small doctor 
but the writing on it is insane and the delivery is remarkable but uh golden girls i always turn it on it's like chicken soup for the soul for me like if i'm just going to be doing my makeup or you know just have some background while folding laundry it's always golden girls for me so i'm excited i'm a little scared because i don't know how hard or easy these questions are going to be but hopefully hopefully well i, I don't know either hard. so we'll discover together oh awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> we always like to say that if, if they might seem a little too hard or a little too easy that someone out there listening uh it's going to be the opposite for so i'm sure all the questions are going to be great amanda writes great questions um and for everyone listening uh there's going to be 15 of those questions so uh as long as jen i think what was the number that we said as long as it's over 10 i was gonna, I was gonna say usually we say like um eight or more is a pass eight or more is a pass that you won't get ten, shot by ten, tom cruise tens a, tens a good score though oh, okay okay yeah, you just don't want to get shot by Tom Cruise. That's basically the goal of it. So, Perfect. I can try to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, cool. Well, we're going to be here um, offering moral support, um, humming show tunes, whatever else we need to do to help Jen. But uh, Amanda, feel free to take it away. Uh, we're super excited. Thank you for, for being here. And let's uh, uh, let's see. Jen, um, you said you know everything there is to know about Golden Girls. Are you ready? Yeah. Lay it on me. All right. Ooh. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'm so excited that this is your category and this was very fun to put together. Um, so I'm hoping that I arranged it in a way that it goes from uh, easier to harder. So let's hope that is how it all comes out. So here we go. Okay. So question one, in season two's Ladies of the Evening, who did Blanche win tickets to meet after their movie premiere in Miami? That would be Burt Reynolds. That would be Mr. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> that is correct. Right off yes. the bat. I just, oh, fantastic. Yes, I freaking love the way Hanahan says his name. Oh, my God. Uh, I found some tickets to meet Mr. Burt Reynolds. It's so good. Now, I oh, love the jail, yes. the jail scene, too, with Dorothy when she says that she was locked up in Attica. And the girl goes... <laughs> Isn't that a men's jail? And she goes, it, I was there one year before they realized I was. For listeners at home, oh uh, Ken actually has a full size cutout of the Burt Reynolds Cosmopolitan uh, cover uh, or the, whatever you call the centerfold. So he tattooed on his back or it, it, actually in person in, in his in his bedroom he's got the uh, the burt reynolds oh. centerfold from cosmo ah, on the ceiling Angel oh. is a centerfold. that's right yes yeah i love that episode it's so fun okay excellent job uh this next question is brought to us by mr ryan myers who i reached out to and generously has donated this question to our liaison uh he asks which winner of the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature shares its name with the gay housekeeper featured briefly in the show's first episode before being written off the show? Yes, his name would be Coco. And I do love the animated feature Coco. And as, <laughs> yes! uh, Sophia, as Sophia would call him, the fancy man. The fancy man. Yes. Coco is correct. Very good. Nice, nice, nice. And thank you, Ryan, for that question. Yes, thank you, Ryan. He's he's a fancy man. All right. Ooh, the fanciest. All right. Let's move forward as we have successfully started uh, with question number three. 
The Golden Girls featured many actors, both famous and those who went on to become famous after their appearance. What 2013 Oscar winner for Best Original Screenplay appeared on the show playing someone famous? So he's a famous person that played somebody famous. Well, at the time, he wasn't famous. In 2013? No, so um, when he made his appearance on the show playing someone famous, he wasn't famous, but he's gone on to become an Oscar winner. So in 2013, he won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Hmm. I'm going over all like the celebs that have made guest appearances, but I don't know one that was on the show and then later became a celeb. Is there is there a hint? <laughs> I would say he's a two-time Oscar winner, and he directs the films he writes. Is it George Clooney? It is not George Clooney, who <laughs> was know. on the show, so that was good. Yeah. Yes, okay. excellent. I was, like, I was trying to think. Uh, what if I gave you the hint that he attended Sophia's wedding? He attended the wedding. Oh, wait. Yes. Is it Quentin Tarantino? It's Quentin Tarantino! (laughs) Nice. Yeah, he played played one of the Elvises. That's correct. So at Sophia's wedding, it's only Elvis impersonators that attend her wedding because somebody mixed up the invitations. I saw that photo of him a while back, and every time I see that photo, I love the Elvis impersonators. It just kills me. That's Quentin Tarantino. Because I just can't (laughs) imagine him doing something like even remotely campy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or like vaguely fun. <laughs> I just read an interview. I just read an interview with him that said his favorite show is How I Met Your Mother, which seems so crazy to me. But what? Yeah, that's insane. There's a there's a guy. cool um, <laughs> clip that was going around where someone was trying to explain NFTs to him <laughs> and how people are making them of his films, and you can see that he's like, "How dare you!" It's pretty cool. I love him. All right, let's move forward to question number four. And this is brought to you by my sister, who is not famous, nor an Elvis impersonator. Um, Her name is Audrey. So thank you, Audrey, for this question. Uh, Question four, the subject matter of an award-winning film this year, what sitcom did Blanche and Rose watch all night in in season two, episode Sun- in law dearest son in law dearest they watched i love lucy that's it well done yes they watched that all night marathon and can barely (laughs) make it through it's so fun (laughs) jen you and i had talked uh before the recording to get set up for this and when i heard the clue son-in-law immediately i thought of Polly shore which i knew it was incorrect (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because Jen likes Polly Shore a lot. So that's what I was. Nice. Solid. (laughs) Oh, a Polly Shore laid it on would have been like, oh. I think it would have like triggered all these things that I'm like, do I really have place in my brain for that as opposed to the cure for cancer? Yes, I do. I don't know if Polly Shore could pass his own lay it on me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is a test Triviality is putting out today. Yeah, if I mean, you are hearing this, Polly Shore, let's make it happen. Come do it. 
Do it. Excellent. Yeah. I just love um, after Betty passed that a lot of people were uh, showing that clip of her on Password with Lucille Paul, <laughs> who Lucille was kind of just not really getting it. And then they buzzed her and Betty White, like without missing a beat, is like, you do not buzz a legend. <laughs> love. All right. Thanks again, Audrey, for that. All right. Question number five. When Sophia has a death scare, Dorothy wants to spend more quality time together. So they take a trip to Orlando because Sophia has one request of something she wants to do very badly. What is that activity? I think it is to ride Space Mountain, right? That is correct. To ride <laughs> Space Mountain. Very good. Nice. Yes. Yes. So after five questions, uh, Jen is five for five. Woo! Woo, woo, woo. That is, I feel like we need like a golden girl thing. Like you have earned. Oh, okay. Like Uh, like whatever, whatever bronze status would be in like climbing. Yes. You are at this point a Sophia. I don't know. (laughs) What would it be? Well, she's the shortest. So I guess you go. She's the shortest. There we go. We're going to go by height. You have a logical decision of going by height. Height. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Picture it. Picture it. All right. Speaking of Sophia, in season four's The Days and Nights of Sophia Petrillo, Rose, Dorothy, and Blanche are talking about how they're afraid that Sophia is not doing anything with her time while they end up wasting their whole day eating and talking. Can you give me two activities that Sophia does do that day? Oh, man. Hmm. I do know she likes to go bet on dogs at the racetrack, but I don't know if she did that in that episode. I I don't know. I'm going to say making sauce. And betting on dogs. <laughs> I don't Love know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what Jeff tells me his favorite things to do are. So that's such a coincidence. I know. I'm a real Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> right down to the moo's you wear in the studio. Yeah. And that one today especially is fetching. I didn't realize blue would look so good with red hair. Yes. <laughs> um, so she does all these things outside of the house. And the first one involves shopping. And then the second one involves something on the beach. And then the third thing is uh, a place she volunteers. Yeah, I don't know. Is this the episode where she like befriends that older African-American fellow? Like, I don't really remember this episode. Uh, Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, So the first thing she does is she goes and tries to buy a nectarine. And she okay. puts up that huge thing where all the older women who are there shopping, like hate their prices. So she starts like to threaten the store saying that they better lower their prices. Excellent. And so she like leads this revolt to make the store change their policies. And then she buys the nectarine and then she's walking on the boardwalk and the jazz band is off. So she helps them get together and she leads them then and starts directing the jazz band on the boardwalk <laughs> And then she volunteers at the hospital where she's befriended a little boy who isn't eating. And so she brings him the nectarine and convinces uh, him to Full circle moment. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that's an episode I just love because I love that it kind of deals with like a lot of the bias that that 
I think people, people watching the show might have yeah. about the elderly, right? This totally. idea that they're they're not useful. Yeah. yeah, love it. Great. All right. So here we go. Uh, question number seven. Over the course, um, over the course of the series, we learn a lot about the women's relationships with their parents. How is Rose's relationship different than her roommates? With her parents, let's see. She thinks her dad is Bob Hope, but he is not. He is really a monk. I'm trying to think about anything she says about her mother. Maybe, is she adopted? I don't... Hmm... <laughs> I'm going to say, man, I feel like I should know this. I'm going to say that maybe she's adopted or her parents are not together. Like maybe she was the only one whose parents didn't stick together or something. You are correct. She's adopted. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So her mother died in childbirth. So she never knew her oh, mother. Okay. And then her dad turned out to be a monk who kind of ran from the scene. So yeah, she's adopted. Wow. Excellent. Very good. Nice. Kind of. Thought your way into that one. Very, very good. Danced around that. <laughs> no, you got there though. All right. Now this next one, I will admit, I kind of love, but at the same time, you might hate me for it. So I hope uh, oh you will forgive me, especially because you live so close. All right. So question eight, we all know and love the theme song. And when anybody on the streaming service asks if we would like to skip it. We don't because we are not monsters. So can you tell me the word that is being sung when each actor's name appears oh on screen during the opening credits? Now, at one point they add in, I think it's after season Four or partway through season four where they add a couple of extra clips so it slightly changes for two of the actors so I will give you points uh, for either of those words okay I'm going to go through it in my head so right now the plane is leaving into the sunset <laughs> this is amazing now they're all hugging in the kitchen I'm going to say pal and confidant I don't, the, the word that happens. The when one word, like, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say confidant, because I think I think Betty White's first. And I'm going to say gift. <laughs> I just, I'm just totally making this up because I can't picture it right now. I'm Watching you think through this might be my favorite thing in the world. Hmm. I'm just going to say confidant gift thank you well you need one more and friend and friend <laughs> <laughs> i'm really curious about the answer to this though you did quite well the okay. only problem is can you match your your uh, answers to the actors okay well you're giving me hope there because you said i did well so i'm gonna go betty white is with the, f the first one, so confidant. Confidant, okay. And then next, I'm going to say Rue McClanahan. Okay. With 
the second, and then B. Arthur with the third, and Estelle Getty with the fourth. Great. I'm going to give you a very enthusiastic half points here. Very okay, good. I'll take it. I'll take very it. Very good. Um, so B. Arthur is first. Okay. And she is on the word confidant. So well done. Okay. And then Betty White is second, and she's on the word invited. Okay. Um, later on, when they add those clips, it kind of happens at everyone, but invited is what mostly happens. Rue McClanahan is next with gift. Excellent. And then Estelle Getty is with friend. Okay. Okay. So I got a little very mixed up. well done, but I, think I was, you did I was it. feeling pretty confident because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know who wrote the song, I know who sang the song, go for it. And but you're like, no. Now, would you who say you were feeling very confident? <laughs> yes. Ooh, uh, no more puns from Jeff. If we can, if we can, if we can have something on the soundboard. <laughs> Jeff is not pun worthy, as Elaine told us. Wow. Uh, oh, sitcom, and now and now the rule applies to both of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love where your head is at with that question because uh, we're going to be doing at some point a Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, laid on me, and uh, every time I watch that show, I watch the opening credits, and I always thought to myself, if we ever do a laid on me, I want to see if everyone knows what order the actors are in, and then what activity they're doing before it freeze frames, just because I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, so great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's so crazy, uh, too, because Hulu, you don't have the option to skip um, the intro. So I've listened to the intro a bajillion times. I just haven't, like, watched it because you're like, okay, yeah. But I'll, I'll, like, come back in the room, like, when it begins. But you knew it. I loved how you were like, okay, airplane. Okay, they're going across. Okay, <laughs> yeah. they're coming back. Okay, this is happening. Yeah, it's funny. I loved that. That was great. Um, just a side note, I know one of the actors um, who was in the lineup on Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they sing the Backstreet Boys. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I just thought that was, I love that clip so much. That cold open is a gem. Is the best. Oh my God. It's like one of the best oh ever. God. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, so good. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or call she, the police. Or call the police, I should have, exactly. 
quickly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Question nine, how many children collectively do Sophia, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche have? Okay, here we go. Blanche has two kids. Dorothy has two kids. Sophia has three kids. Who am I missing, Rose? No, did I mm-hmm. Rose? I'm missing Rose? Yeah, she has the daughter who slept with Michael. She has. Yeah, I think Rose just has a daughter. So that would be two, two, one, and three. So five, six, seven, eight. Am I right? Am I wrong? It's actually 16. Oh, wow. Wait, what? Yeah, is that crazy? Wait, are these in real life or is this on the show? No, this is on the show. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Um, Lay it on me. Question, How do I not know? I this? know. This, uh, this question was uh, given to me by my very good friend, Sarah Coates, and she sent it to me with a text message, like laying it all out, which I was just like, whoa. Yes, and Sarah- in, in moments, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to look this up on the internet. She was like, so go Sarah All right, Sarah Coates. I want to see those receipts. All right, so she says Dorothy has Michael and Kate. You said two, so that was great. Rose actually has five. Just five. So there's Kirsten, Bridget, Gunilla. I'm not sure how to say that one. Adam, and then Charlie Jr. Charlie Jr. Mm. Okay. Then Blanche has six, which is Janet. Janet, Rebecca, Biff, Douglas, and Matthew. But she calls Douglas Doug and Matthew a Skippy. And then David is her stepson. Mm. Maybe I'm just thinking of the ones who made an appearance or like stopped by the house. Because I, I don't recall any of I don't recall Biff. Oh, Biff? Is that what you said that one of her kids' name was Biff? No, uh, Janet, Rebecca. Oh, yes, Biff. Sorry, Biff, Doug, <laughs> Skippy, and David. And then uh, Sophia has three, like you said. So that is okay. that was sent to me by Sarah Coates. Uh, she also lives here. So if you want to hunt her down instead, <laughs> I could make that happen. Miss Coates, watch your back. She's coming. Just She's kidding. coming with the fire. Just kidding. That's a good question. Yeah, very good. All right. Um, question number 10. Uh, The show received over 68 Emmy nominations with 11 wins. One of the reasons for the disparity between nominations and wins is because the four leading ladies were often nominated against each other. All four women did win over the course of the show. Can you tell me the order in which they won their Emmys? The order? Yeah, I know they all had Emmy, Emmys. I didn't watch any of these because I was probably a baby child. But um... <laughs> some of us are old. That. We get I don't it, know Jen. Why I just love that We're phrasing. Old. Like I was a baby child. <laughs> just, I was just small. 
Um, it's just a, I would a little say, baby child. I would think maybe B. Arthur would win the first one because maybe Maud made her a little bit more of like a living room name or something like that. Even though Betty White has like a whole string of accomplishments. So I'll go B. Arthur, Betty White, and then I'll go Estelle Getty. I'd say Blanche or uh, Rue probably got the last one. Great. Just, just guessing here. Um, so the first person who won in their first season in 1986 was Betty White, actually. She was the oh, first winner. Okay. Yeah. Then in 1987, the following year, Rue McClanahan won. Oh, okay. Yes. And then the next year in 1988, they decided to put Estelle Getty as a supporting and so B. Arthur and Estelle Getty both won in 1988. But Estelle I'm Getty gagged. got the... Yes. I'm gagged. And then they were nominated for every other sequential year, but never won again. Dang. My own as personal as Emmys, I think I would give... Oh, I love this question. I would give it Blanche first, just because she always, like, kills me. Um, Estelle Getty second. And then I, I think there's Betty White and then B. Arthur. Love that. B. Arthur, I mean, that, that would just be my orders because of just the way they interact with each other. But I don't know. I kind of feel unfair saying that now because B. Arthur always has that, like, whenever Rose asks, what about this? She always has, like, some witty line to insert there. Which I you love. know? Yeah. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it's unfair to even rank them. Maybe all oh, she's even keel i don't know yeah they should have just been a four-way tie could you have imagined wouldn't that have been cool Ah, yeah. what about the boys the triviality boys do you have an emmy rank of of the golden girls from your your knowledge of them that's a good question um oh man i so my my roommate in london used to uh watch this all the time he loved golden girls he loved he, he watched golden girls full house and um <laughs> One other show I can't remember now. Oh, Sex in the City when we were in London. So that was like the, the shows that were on repeat that we'd, we'd have on the background. But um, I would say, yeah, either Blanche or uh, Sophia would be first up the top. Because um, it's hard it's hard to play a character like Sophia and be consistently funny because you're kind of like the, the slapstick relief, but she was so good at it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's tough because B. Arthur is really, really good. Um but she's almost like the straight character, I guess, right? Wouldn't you say that out of all of them? Absolutely. So, that's a really hard job, too, when you're up against really, really hard actors. <laughs> yeah, there's only a handful of people I can think that can pull off a straight character. Eugene Levy is definitely one of them. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really hard. Um, and I'd give a, a, a special Emmy to uh, Don Cheadle from The Golden Palace. <laughs> <laughs> and your voting rights have now been stripped. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys I should definitely do a Shit's Creek lay it on me. Ooh. Yeah, we should. Yeah, and then the winner gets a bebe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or some fruit, some fruit wine. Do you have a, a, an Emmy picking, Jeff? Uh, unfortunately, I was I was given the wrong envelope. So. Oh, okay. Uh, um. La La Land is not the, the best picture winner, everyone. <laughs> oh a, my god! But I Academy do Awards, love La La Land on the though. Golden Girls. They're my favorite. Mm. Oh, all uh, right after 10 questions uh jen you're at six and a half so you're on your way okay. to, to not getting shot <laughs> yeah, excellent tom cruise is 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 slowly pouring himself another drink 
Excellent. Yeah. What, which Tom Cruise are we talking about? Like Far and Away, Vanilla Sky, just so I can. This is specifically the one from the movie Collateral. Collateral, where he's like okay. a silver fox. Okay, you did mention that. Yeah. yeah. Salt and pepper hair, right? Yep. Didn't he have weird hair in Collateral? Yeah, he had salt and pepper yes. hair. He had like, yeah. a, like a goatee. I think that was the issue. He had a goatee. He had is a silver suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just remember the wolves. That's all I remember. Oh, and while they're playing remember, Shadow of the Sun, a postcard by, uh... or something. Didn't didn't Jamie Foxx's character yeah, he, have like a postcard? Yeah, he kept looking at a po- as where he wanted to go, and yeah, he wanted to save yeah. the money for. Anytime I see a wolf now or a coyote, I, I kid you not. Anytime I see a coyote outside, I just go. <laughs> and I just hear Chris Cornell like for no reason. So. <laughs> No copyright infringement tonight. Okay. <laughs> Question number 11. What is the definition of a lanai? And if it helps, please compare it to a porch. Yeah, I would say it's like an outdoor sittery. Like, I mean, that's kind of what a porch is. I would say it's, it's an uncovered or maybe semi-covered outdoor entertaining area. Or a sunning area, or a card playing area, or a cheesecake eating area. <laughs> I believe I believe mul- lanai's are multifunction. <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking from experience, Jeff. Tell us more. No, I've just been to retirement communities in Florida, and that's what they call their fancy porches. So, yes. <laughs> Can you be more specific, Jeff? Retiring out to the lanai. So whenever they retire out to the lanai, I see two loungers. I see Jeff there in a swimsuit for some reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jazzercising. And what? then I see like just like an outdoor table. I'm trying to think of what else the lanai offers. I mean, it does have lots of nice plants. I did see lots of nice plants and foliage. Um, foliage? Foliage? Foliage. Hmm. But I, I, I guess my definition would be an outdoor entertaining area because I have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> would you, would the gentleman in the studio like to give this one a try since it's not yes. maybe super Golden I, Girls only? I have a guess. So it, it takes place in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And in Florida... Uh, and I only know this because of the reality shows I used to watch with all the wrestlers because they all live in Florida. When they buy a house in Florida, they have a pool. But when they get the pool in their patio in the back or the, whatever you want to call it, the porch, the patio, it's always enclosed in some sort of like clear plastic or glass. And that's what I, I'm guessing is what it is. It's like enclosed outside, but hmm. it's outside. I don't know. That's my guess. Like a, like a mud room or a sunroom? Kind of, yeah. My only hmm. guess about it would be that it's like uh, a, a covered outdoor porch that's uh, semi-open to the elements, so it might be like screened in or something like that. But it may also be like somewhat open, so it's not like glassed in. But I don't know. Nice. Well, the two things that distinguish a lanai from, like, say, a porch is that number one, it has to have a stone floor. Mm. So it absolutely has to be stone. Um, some definitions say it can be concrete, but then even people were commenting like, no, it's stone. And then the second thing is that it's enclosed with no walls. So it's like, it will have planters all the way around and is open to the elements, but you can't ever exit the house from the lanai. 
Like there's no entrance and exit besides the way into the house and out of the house. Does that make sense? So like you can exit from someone's porch. Like if you're having a barbecue on the porch and then need to leave, you can kind of go around the yard, but you can't exit out of a lanai. So I've been robbed. All the fancy lanais I've ever been on failed one of those two criteria, Neil. They weren't really lanais. They were How lies. dare Concrete they floors will get that. me every time. Oh my God, with the puns. This <laughs> <laughs> is too easy. That one, that one hurts. I know. That one hurt. Hurt People just soul. throwing around a word like lanai when they don't earn it. How dare they? All right. Uh, question 12. When Blanche and Dorothy win on the game show Grab That Dough, they turn in their $900 winnings for what is behind curtain number three. What do they end up going home with? Oh, dang. Grab That Dough. I remember that because Blanche winds up ditching them to go with like the Connor boys or something because they've collectively won $40,000. That's it. And doing like game. I'm trying to think because then she says that she knows Chinese, all this crazy stuff. But what was behind that? Oh, man. I'm going to guess like a big flop because they obviously probably weren't excited about it. It wasn't like a car or anything. If it's anything like the price is right. What was the one? It's not price is right. What's the one that we had out here in Uh, California? Deal. Uh, Not deal or no deal. But what is it? Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Thank you. Is that the one where the people like dressed up in costumes, like in yes. the audience, and he'd be like, "Do you have a safety pin in your purse?" And I like, do. Yeah. Oh my god, I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, I'm going to go with like what I used to like love about that show as a kid when somebody would, the curtain would go up and there would be like a bushel full of puppies or like a donkey or something like that. I'm going to say like a live animal. I'm going to say like a bushel full of puppies. Very good. Just because I, I like don't that. know. <laughs> well, curtain number one, which they didn't pick, has. New living room furniture worth $12,000. Dang. Curtain number two is a new car. Mm-hmm. And curtain number three is a new electric skillet with a lifetime supply of soup. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. <laughs> Dang. I just love when he goes, that's not all, a lifetime supply of soup. <laughs> and the girl's just trying. She's like... <laughs> check check that out <laughs> so good all right we have made our way to question 13 here we go the golden girls had some crossover moments with other television shows including jeopardy and these neighbors of the tv show empty nest the neighbors of the tv show empty nest so what were the characters on Empty Nest? Their last name is what I'm looking for. Who were their neighbors? So, so Empty Nest, that was the, he played the baby doctor in the show. And that's how he got his own spinoff show. I th- what was his name in the show? Doctor. Dang. And they had the dog Dreyfus. Doctor. I could picture his eyebrows in my head. Love that. <laughs> I'm like you. I'll remember people's dogs' names, but I sometimes forget who they yeah. are. Yeah. Because they were stoked to have that baby at their house because they're all like ooing and on over it. Man, well, I, I, sorry. 
I'm seeing like the last name with a W. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Not Walker. I would. I'll, I'll say. I say the Wilkinsons. Am I close? close? Am I even? Am I even close? It is a W. Oh God, that was so heart wrenching. Uh, so his name is Harry. His daughters are named Barbara and Carol. Does that help at all, Harry? No. Weston. Weston. No. Dang. The Wilkinson Westons. was pretty close. Was pretty you did, close. as soon as you were like, I'm seeing a W. I'm like, oh, <laughs> dang. Okay. Whew. All right, that. here we go. How are we? How are we doing on points? I want to make sure we don't like like that. Tom I, Cruise isn't like putting bullets in the gun or anything. He, he's definitely putting bullets in the gun. Unfortunately, it's six six Whoa. and a half points Whoa. with two questions left. But maybe we can do some sort of Golden Girls magic where um, the next two will be worth three times the amount of points because or for the Golden Girls or it'll be four. So times four, right, Jeff? So we'll, next two questions are times two. So if you get both right, that's four <laughs> points. <laughs> saving your life okay i'm scared i mean if she gets them both right normally it would also work out fine would it oh she'd have what nine and a half points eight and a half because two plus six oh you're right thank you thank you for doing math (laughs) jeff is the smart golden girl of the studio here so he does the math i just (laughs) i flaunt myself around you just look pretty i think i'm just blanche yeah he went to saint olaf academy he knows what's up (laughs) (laughs) okay question 14 as a play on a Jules Verne title, what is the name of my personal favorite episode of The Golden Girls, which features a sing-off between Dorothy and Blanche at the Rusty Anchor Bar? Oh, man, that is a good episode. I just keep imagining the PA being like, um, they're both going to sing live to Legends. Or, okay, yep. Let's let's get the extras into that bar, and all those extras are like, "This is the best day of my life." Oh my god, it must have been. Yeah, that episode was great because they had to like share the bar. They had like alternating weekends, but Blanche always wanted Sundays because the men watched football on Sundays. Hmm. And I know B. Arthur saying like "Hard-headed Hannah," I think was one of the songs. That's it. Oh man, I love when you know all these things. It's like right there. But I don't, unless the, ep- oh, what, the, what the hell is that episode called? So you're looking for a Jules Verne title, a uh, play on a Jules Verne title then, Amanda? Yeah. Dang, I know, I, I know the episode. I just don't know the name of the episode. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of Jules Verne titles that could be. I'm trying to, too. To I, I keep seeing, I, I keep seeing like a tale of two cities, but that's not him, so. Fight for the rusty anchor. I don't know. Oh. Uh, so do you want to throw out some Jules Verne titles, gentlemen? The first one that popped in my head was was Twenty Thousand Leagues on or tw- sorry, Twenty Thousand Leagues in High Sea, because they sing. Ah, I like that. Mm. Oh, I should have asked for puns. Yes. <laughs> okay, I need I need Jeff to give me a Jules Verne pun before we move on. Um Okay, let me come up with one real quick. Uh can't I can't think of a good one for around the world in eighty days, uh, with this particular topic. Um, journey from Earth to the Moon. Nope, don't have a good one there. Oh, how many more Jules Verne books do I know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is getting progressively more difficult. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could do around the world in eighty years. 
I suppose. Because they're. Are you saying these women are of an older age, sir? I, I well, actually, they're only like fifty-five, right? When they film, so maybe not. <laughs> I mean, the, the ages are a little weird there. With uh, you well, know, Sophia's my favorite because she's she's the youngest, right? Out of all the actresses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, Rue McClanahan's the youngest. The youngest, whole thing is yeah. that Estelle Getty's just younger than Dorothy. Oh, I see. Okay. So she's younger than her daughter, but she's not the youngest. But you guys name more Jules Verne novels than I could, so. <laughs> I'll put you out of your misery. Sorry. Yes, yes please. Um, so this episode is called Journey to the Center of Attention. Oh, that's, oh, that's a good title. That's good. Yeah. That's cute. Oh, my God. The two of them belting and when Rue McClanahan does her physical, I mean, the physical humor of her dealing with that microphone is <laughs> a thing of genius. I show it in my class when I teach Lotsi. I'm just like, this is genius. And uh, she did a, she talked about it once where she was like, I needed a choreographer. They were just going to let me go for it. And I was like, no, we need to like, this should look like a dance. And it does. It is so flawless. and so good. Yes, oh, I highly recommend this episode. Oh, so good. All right. We have made our way to question 15. So uh, apropos of being the last question. What is the perfectly written last line of the show said by B. Arthur? Oh, dude. I should have rewatched some of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got this. I got this. Um, I'm sorry. See, I knew. I See, I don't know either. So on my end, I'm always just like, oh, God. Is it? Well, what would make it perfect? Wouldn't it be like, thank you for being a friend or something that oh. like that like would have been like the whole theme of the show slash theme song, but I don't, well, cause she's marrying uncle Lucas. Mm-hmm. I think it like, I get this, I get the feeling. So uh, like the last bit they do together, right. Is that she hugs all of them. They're saying mm -hmm. goodbye and you can tell the actors are emotional and she yeah. leaves and then she comes then she back. Comes back. And then she leaves and then she comes back through the house, which would make no sense. She can't, but it doesn't matter. Well, it's and what they're you said all about hugging. <laughs> right, exactly. She comes back through the house and it surprises, especially if you look, I think if you look at um, Betty White, she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they hug again. And then she turns around at the door and says this to all of them. And it's not to the characters. Like, I think it's B. Arthur talking to the women. See, I'm getting emotional because it always makes you, you are cry. getting emotional. Because <laughs> um, like, how lucky to spend seven years making something that is like a iconic, legendary thing. And maybe like I'm really gonna miss you, girls, or something like that, or just girls. It's so gosh, you're so close. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say okay, it, it ends you, with you the same word. <laughs> Yes. It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of my favorite my favorite final line from the show Breaking Bad where Walter White says, Jesse, I broke bad. I don't think that happened. He just goes, I'm I'm broke bad. Or on the wire of the final episode when, when they said, What is that thing hanging around under your, your steering wheel? The wire. And that was the whole show. It's a really surprising ending. Amazing. It really is surprising. I didn't even remember them driving on that show. There was a lot of well, really, really 
taunting walks on that show, though. <laughs> Characters saunting around. And anyways, we can do a wire episode later. This is all about the Golden Girls. Omar, um, I I guess girls would be the last word, probably. I, well, I the love last you, girls. Word... I'm really gonna miss you, girls. She calls them all something that they are now to her. Family, right? Yeah, but if they're all women, women family? sisters. She says, "Sisters, I love you. You're my sisters." She says, "You'll always be my sisters. Always." Oh, okay. Oh, is that really the last word of the whole show? It's the last thing, yeah. Oh, and I love that it's the word "always" and how like that word synonymous with Star Wars and that word synonymous with Harry Potter. And I'm always just like, that word is the Golden Girls' final <laughs> word. That's how true. Dare you. But yeah, she says, yeah, you'll always be my sisters, always. And I just, every time I watch it, it's B. Arthur. You know what I mean? It's so good. Yeah. She turns around that last time and you're like, that's not a line. She (laughs) had to say that. (laughs) And it always gets me every time you've been thinking about it. I'm just like, ah. She's getting verklempt. I'm getting verklempt. (laughs) Anyway, that's our 15 questions. Well, that was fun. And I think I might be murdered by Mr. Cruz here. So there are worse lots in life. That's true. That's true. Jeff, uh, but, any verdict on this one here? Did uh, Jen get murdered or is she in a taxi cab going to her fantasy island? <laughs> um, well, the last we checked in with Jen, um, she was in the hospital. And um, I had to lie profusely about what she did for a living uh, to her mom. But uh yeah, I think, unfortunately, uh, I have to leave this one to Tom. I'm sorry. You shot my mom. I didn't shoot Lester. I'd rather you shot Lester. <laughs> sorry, Jen. Dang, Amanda. I'm that sorry. Was, that was awesome, I'm always, that, that was, was a lot of fun. I'm just always, I'm always just like, ah, I'm not sure. So I hope you had fun, and I'm glad, and I appreciate being asked. That was good. You joined great yeah, company. I, I think I was the first person to get killed on a lay it on me. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. And I think what was most impressive about Jeff is the pork chop. What was most impressive uh, about Jen's game was that you got all the clues around the answers, which is very impressive. Even though it might not... so impressive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I tried I I was writing the questions. Sorry. Go go go. Sorry. No, I, I, I felt like I was really confident going into it. And like the first couple, I was like, okay, okay, I got these. I got these. And I'm like, okay, I know there's a bunch of cameos. I guess I don't really know a lot about episode titles besides like the ones I like repeat a lot, which would be like the romance one with the doctor. But um, yeah, those were solid questions. And every time I watch the theme song now, I'm going to be like, is she right? Yeah, it's, it's right there. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Well, Jen. Uh, well, it's yeah. We we. Sorry. Are, oh no, that's no, okay. Uh, no, you go ahead first, and I'll 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 do the. Uh, I have nothing okay. important. No <laughs> puns. No puns. Uh, Jen, thank you very much for for joining us today. Um, you did a great job, and you got so many extra details that um, I mean, I didn't understand what they were. I'm sure fans knew what you were talking about, so um, it was very <laughs> impressive. But uh, yeah, any any shout outs or anything you'd like to say uh, before we let you go today? No, I mean, thank you guys so much for having me. And this is always fun. And yeah, love you guys. Thank you, Amanda. That was bitching. 
And uh, well, yeah. And uh, for anyone uh, who's worried about Jen uh, at, at the hands of Tom Cruise, uh, she will be back with her Banksy-inspired documentary exit through the Lanai coming out soon, 2023. <laughs> um, oh, hope you enjoy that. Oh man! Oh um, man! I'm just trying to make Amanda squirm as much as possible with really bad jokes. Uh, <laughs> really? Did you say really bad jokes? <laughs> yeah, there are kind of like really bad jokes. Yeah, you're right. Um, Amanda, Love. thank you for writing these questions and uh, agreeing to do this. Uh, anything you'd like to say? We appreciate it. Yeah, I just want to thank um, all of my uh, guest question writers again. I really appreciate that. Um, I just have two things, if I may. Two things. Uh, first one being that I know this episode will probably come out far after January uh, 17th, which was Betty White's uh, birthday. But something that's kind of becoming a campaign is in honor of her, a lot of people are making donations to animal organizations around them. And uh, I am somebody who's also passionate about helping out as uh, much as you can with uh, animals. And so if you're listening to the sound of my voice and it's any day and you kind of would like to do something to warm somebody's heart out there, like it'd be great if you could make a donation to any local animal shelter, uh, especially like county shelters get a lot of like a lot of people don't think to donate to counties. They donate to cities. So um, those always need a little extra oomph. And then the second thing is that the Golden Girls, you know, have taught me a really important lesson, which is like the bigger the present, the better a friend you are. So uh, make yourself poor on your friends. I like that's good advice. Uh, I, I try to follow that as well. Um, and you actually took what I was going to say, which is, uh, yeah, if you have a chance, uh, make a donation. Uh, join us here at Triviality, making a donation to uh, Animal Rescue Group or a shelter, American Humane Society. Um, and you can do it in Betty White's name too, which a lot of people were going to be doing on the 17th. Um, one of her, her quotes that she used to like, uh, to joke about was, I often say that I have to stay in show business to pay for my animal business, which I thought was uh, really cute. <laughs> um, and, uh, as Amanda said, she was a lifelong, um, fan of helping different animals and conservation and whatnot. And, uh, I learned, uh, today that she secretly funded a private plane to evacuate a New Orleans aquarium after Hurricane Katrina, which I thought was amazing. Wow. So, uh, yeah, amazing lady. Um, we didn't deserve her. No, we didn't. Uh, amazing lady, amazing show. Um, thank you both for joining us today. We hope everyone listening enjoyed uh, all the, the great Golden Girls trivia and anecdotes uh, for uh, Ken and Matt, who are not here, but uh, for Jeff as well, Amanda and Jen. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? <laughs> We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. <laughs> New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.